Denver Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan presents Schlereth and Evans. Hey, 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 all right. Better late than never. Mike, Mike, what day is it, Mike? (laughs) Home day? Oh, yeah. Are are we getting paid for five less minutes? We're getting paid. Don't worry. Feverish work back there by uh, Johnny Fever and uh, Rogue. But they kept her calm. You, yeah. guys, you guys kept you calm. I'll, yeah. I'll give you guys both credit. Nice job. I didn't hear any F-bombs. Mm-mm. Nothing got thrown. No. Uh, they had a computer freeze up. I thought I thought you handled it, both of yeah. you handled it very, very calm, cool, poised, discipline. Yeah. All the characteristics Sean Payton's looking for in a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, my advice always when things break down, like try the on button. And I think with the on button got switched in the off position, and they flipped it back to the on position, and here we go. Dude, you're legendary for when you're out on the road sometimes. Huh? Stink. Uh, stinks. I can't hear you guys. What, what's going on? What, what? And uh, Johnny will say, have you, have, you, have you turned that button to the right? Oh, yeah. okay. There yeah. it is. That hey, happens. all that, right. That happens sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's an inexact science, the whole the whole you know, getting on air type of thing. So, well, uh, I'll tell you what we got it. We got to get uh, everything mm-hmm. buttoned down. Okay, they get they got us on, but uh, yeah, we got to get a, a few things uh, screw tight. Couple more eyes uh, uh-huh. to be dotted and uh, T's to be crossed. Ooh, oh, so uh, I got to tell you something on the text line right now. We're almost logged dot com. People are saying they're still hearing ESPN. That might be on the app. Oh, a little bit of a delay. Uh, All right. See, we'll, we'll just make sure everything's good. Good. And we'll get back and we'll get to jump into the show here. A lot to talk about. The uh, Avs checking a lot of boxes in their win last night. The Jokic text that could go down in Nuggets lore, as uh, well as takeaways from uh, Sean Payton's and George Payton's press conference yesterday. All coming up as we uh, kick things off here on the show. Next. Ever since we got Xfinity. We have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my hiding spots. Ha! Found ya. How? That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity. Now through March 21st, get started with 200 megabit internet for $25 a month for two years with no annual contract and get Wi-Fi equipment included. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Requires paperless plan auto pay with stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra. After promo, regular rates apply to internet service and Wi-Fi equipment. Actual speeds vary. It's Schlereth and Evans on Denver Sports Station. 1043 The Fan. All right, here we are. Here we are. Happy, uh, happy up day, everybody. Wednesday. Good to have you with us. Busy day last uh, yesterday, all day. Started early with Sean Payton, George Payton talking at the Combine. We'll get to uh, Sean in a second. Avs last night, get it done. Taking advantage of a, a Dallas team that was playing back-to-back. Avs uh, pounced on him in the second period. You got the sense Dallas let go of the rope a little bit, which is fine. We'll take it. Thank you. Good check-the-box type win for the Avs. Was. Got protection from their fourth line. Cogliano was great. He was. Really good in neutral zone, creating some turnovers, some uh, odd man rushes. I thought spacing was great. I, I bet they played really well. But I, I, I agree with you. And then uh, Dallas, the Stars were a little bit, uh, there was a little lethargy set in after they opened up the scoring, one nothing. But so, you still, but it's the, it's the classic sports cliche. You, when, when you have a team in that situation, put them away. 
Sure. Don't let him hang around. Don't sure. give him a chance to say, hey, wait a minute, we might be able to steal one. And they jumped on him in the second period with those three uh, second period goals, and that was it. Cruised on home. Uh, a, a meaningful night from uh, on a couple of personal milestones. Nathan McKinnon continues his streak. I, I know you kind of... That home scoring streak kinda, on Tuesday night. kind of pish-posh it, but come on oh, now. The home scoring streak on Tuesdays is incredible. What has he done on Tuesdays? I'm sure they have that. Their PR staff probably has. What he what he does on Tuesdays nobody's at better. home nobody's in the better. second period. Nobody's better on a Tuesday in the second period. No. I mean, nobody. 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 <laughs> By the way, the final goal they have scored... Dude, that was that beautiful. Lekkanen, but I mean, it was just from one side to the yeah. other side. Tic-tac-toe. Yeah, it was awesome. So McKinnon has points in all 29 home games. This the uh, second longest streak to begin a season behind Wayne Gretzky's 40-game run. So, right. hey. It's hey, creeping up on it. Hey, creeping up just like yep. uh, bad underpants. Yeah, right? like Jeep underpants. He's creeping up <laughs> See, on Gretzky. I pay attention. I yeah. pay attention. And congratulations to Kale McCarr. All hail Kale. As uh, at the age of 25, he's become the all-time highest scoring defenseman in franchise history. Oh, wow. 308 career points. He uh, passed Tyson Berry last night. And um, what year is this for him? Oh, what is it? Fourth? Is this fourth year? Fourth, fourth year? And he's already the all-time leading all-time. scorer? Talk about a wow record that he is going to just obliterate and put away for a long, long time. Hasn't even hit his prime yet. That's the, the scary thing. So, good job, Win for the Avs uh, as they take out Dallas uh, 5-1, fifth year for Kale. Uh, meanwhile, it, it'll come out. Eventually, it'll come out, and it could go down in Nuggets lore. The text message that Nikola Jokic sent his teammates coming back from the All-Star break. Contavious Caldwell Pope was talking about it yesterday. He said he would not reveal what was said. But the message from their guy, their MVP, to the rest of the team, clearly message delivered. 3-0 and since the All-Star break. And I, I guess <laughs> you, know, you know how this works. You can only deliver a message and have it be felt if you yourself go out and live the message. And mm-hmm. It would appear that uh, Nikola Jokic is, is blending the perfect perfect mix of leadership. Going out and saying all the right things and then backing it up with his play. What do you suppose he said? Like, if you had a guess. I would, th- well, you, you tell me, because I would think it would have to be something I, uh, something that would be that would, that would grab everybody's attention. It's not going to be just like a, all right, guys, hey, you know, let's get back to work. It's Pay attention be, to the details. It's got to be something, right? Something well, that really... Yeah, because the English-Serbian oh. translation language, you know, the, the translation, so it's going to be something simple yet poignant. You know what I mean? I'm sure if he was sending it, and, and I'm not saying he's a simpleton. He's a smart guy, obviously. But because of that translation, he can't probably be as in-depth as he would if he was sending it in Serbian. Unless he's got one of those translators. You know, you talk into the phone Serbian and it comes out English. You know what I'm talking about? 
So I would imagine it's simple but very poignant. KCP uh, said, quote, we already knew what his mindset was and how he was going to come in after the All-Star break. He got everybody motivated, and we're looking forward to winning another championship. Hmm. Well, whatever he said, uh, he certainly has gone about in these first three games since the All-Star break to to back it up, playing at an otherworldly level, at a level that we didn't think he was capable of. Just when you think he doesn't have another gear, he gives us another gear. Did uh, Sean Payton uh, let it slip and confirm what we all know is going to happen, but was it confirmed in this quote? I saw this like humorous meme the other day where there's a Bronco fan with a shirt on and there was like eight quarterbacks names with across through it, you know, and and he's drinking the quarterback Kool-Aid and I, you know, our, our job is to make sure that this next one, you know, doesn't have a line through it. This next one? Right. This next one? Did he let something slip? No. This next one? Are you saying we didn't know that Russ was going to be gone? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm sure there is were this, some rusties is, that were holding out hope. Is this a breaking news from, uh, for, do we have to talk to James Merrill out on right, this one? Right, let him down. Yeah. Hey, let him James. down easy. Hey, listen. Let, let me tell you something. What's I going know on. you were holding out hope, but uh, those hopes are dashed. Yes. No, God, please, no. Got to get this next one right. Yeah. And by the way, Russ knows he's gone too. You know why? Why? He put out a workout video. Oh, did he now? Yes, he did. Oh, my goodness. I know he's just been dying to do that for the last year. Yeah. Was he back? Was he backpedaling uh, backwards on the treadmill? Uh, no, but he was working out with Brandon Marshall. B. Marsh. Yeah. Did the podcast together. They were working out. And uh, B. Marsh was exhausted. Sweating everything, and Russ was just walking by him like, if he dies, he dies. Yeah, Russ was just like, Russ was giving him that look. That I'm, if he dies, yeah. he dies. He's like, hey, if you, obviously, you don't do high knees in the airplane. Because <laughs> if you do high knees on the way it here. Was slickly produced. Russ's team is still sharp. No doubt about that. Well, they had the year off, so. They had the year off, so obviously they've been chomping to the bit oh, to release content. You know it. They've been working on content for a whole year. Oh, they, this was this was well well put together. So mm-hmm. you can check it out on Russ's uh, Instagram and uh, social media pages, and he's working hard. Yeah, I'm going. And he to. drops it right right in the middle of the combine. By the way, how about that? Hey, listen, everybody, while you're looking at these uh, shiny new bubbles uh, over there in Indy, uh, don't forget about me. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, the work ethic isn't a question. That's it's not the a production. Question. It's the production. He works hard. It's never been disputed. Yeah. Coming up, we've got the uh, morning brew, Devontae's, on uh, what he has seen from uh, the Avs uh, in, in uh, most lately with this win last night. More from Sean Payton, George Payton, and Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope. The Nuggets have a score to settle. Tell you what it is next. It's time for your morning brew. Grab a cup of joe and get caught up on everything you need to know. Here's Schlereth and Evans. Well, you've been, if you've been paying attention to the the 
Avalanche post games after wins and losses. Jared Bednar has been really harping on the idea that we've we've got to be we've got to be tighter. We've got to be more connected. We've got to be um, uh, uh, better in our systems and our details and. You know, not not getting caught running around. Well, they took care of all that last night. A very impressive 5-1 win over the Dallas Stars. Devon Taves, very pleased with the way they played. Our whole structure is based on skating and, and moving and supporting each other. So um, we notice a lot of times when, when things go wrong in the D zone or the O zone, it's because, you know, we're isolating certain guys and, and that guy's having to be two or three players to, to make a play. So uh, when we're moving our feet and supporting each other, that's when we're a lot better. Couple of milestones to pass along. Kale McCarr, congratulations. It's funny because the Avalanche, when you think back over the years, they've had some some great defensemen, but they they weren't necessarily, especially the offensive-minded ones, weren't here long enough to put up, you know, real big gaudy numbers. So Kale McCarr at the age of 25 in just his fifth season, already becoming the all-time leading Avalanche. Scoring defenseman in franchise history. And I'll tell you what, you could probably win a pretty good amount of uh, bar bets with your buddies as to who had been number one before him. Yeah, I have no clue. Tyson Berry. Yeah. That's great. It's crazy that in year five, you're a little about three quarters of the way through year five. And they do they count his is his rookie year after he came up? Like after he got yes. drafted. That's yes. the rookie year, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So, it's just flat out amazing. Because he joined the team right out of college. Yeah. But then the next year was the... Was the official first year. Um, No, I just think it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And he's... It's one of those... It's one of those opportunities, you know, uh, if he stays healthy and all that kind of stuff, where you're going to basically cement the lid shut on that thing or nail the lid shut. Like, I mean, what what defenseman's going to come in here... right. ...if he plays for 15 years or whatever? That's the thing. And defensemen typically can play 15 yeah. plus years. So yeah, he's going to he's going to put these numbers out of reach for a long 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 time. And uh the record that uh, Mark does not want to acknowledge, Nathan McKinnon 29 now straight games yeah. to start the season at home with at least a point, closing in on the great one Wayne Gretzky still at 40 but now within yeah, within within sight, within striking distance. Next on the uh, morning brew, Sean Payton. What kind of quarterback you looking for? I think there's still some things that are paramount today. At some point, teams are going to make you win from the pocket. You know, like we can we can rush a certain way to keep a quarterback from escaping, um, and so you know we're going to have to be wherever you're at, proficient enough on third down to take a snap, find a throw, and protect. Keeps coming back to that, doesn't it? Does, doesn't it? We we keep driving. I I try to keep driving that point home. It's nice to have a quarterback who's mobile. And Sean said that yesterday, too. It's great to have mobility. But uh, ultimately, ultimately, you got to be able to dominate from the pocket. And listening to Sean yesterday talk about quarterbacks and what wins and what he likes and what he, he could just, it's so obvious the disconnect between him and Russ. Why it just had no chance of working. Correct, because your your offense can't be, your offense cannot be, you know, broken play on two. Your, your offense can't be off schedule. Your offense can't, it's not how it can operate. So he needs a guy, by the way, 
he talked about, you know, the rush plan and all that stuff. What do teams do? What do teams do in the playoffs to Lamar Jackson? You're going to beat us. You got to beat us from the pocket. And you know what he's proven he can't do on a consistent enough basis? Win from the pocket. Especially when everyone knows you're going to be throwing. Lamar Jackson now 0-11 when trailing by eight or more points at the half in his career. Yeah. Next on the Morning Brew, George Payton. Is this a case of if his lips are moving, he's lying? I think you'd have to love, uh, really have to love someone. I mean, to move up to the one, I don't know if we have the, the draft capital to do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, everything's up. You know, we're open for anything, but that would be hard to move up to number one, realistically. So if you take George Payton at face value yesterday, you come away saying there's no way the, the Broncos move up and actually probably a pretty strong likelihood that they trade back. How much stock do you put in that? I'll put a lot. Do you? Yeah. Because he's right. The the capital, one, you don't have the capital to move up. I mean, you gave it all away for, for Russ, and yeah, that didn't work out. All right, I get it. But why would you move up? With it with an eighty percent fail rate and college not and it's not their responsibility to develop quarterbacks to play at the next level. It's their responsibility to, you know, create find a guy that's athletic that can motor around if the first read's not there, scramble around, make something happen. That's college football. It's what it is. And so that does not necessarily produce guys that guys that can process information quite now they may still be able to. But you don't know going in. I like. I, I've looked. I've looked at Caleb. I've looked at Ed Drake. I will look at Jaden Daniels. Right now, I wouldn't move up for either of those guys. I wouldn't trade the capital that you have to trade to move up for either of those guys. There is a, there is something that Sean said yesterday that I want to I want to really dissect with you because oh, yeah. it it was revealing. It was it was cocky. Mm-hmm. It was bravado. It was actually pure Sean, but I want to deconstruct it a little bit. Okay. We'll do that coming up next. Next on the Morning Brew, you know, as uh, as well as the Nuggets have, have, have been this year, 36-19, and 19, and uh, many times looking like a team that's ready to go out and win another championship, the Sacramento Kings have been a major thorn in their side. Nuggets are 0-3 against Sacramento as they get ready to wrap up the season series tonight at home. Contavious Caldwell-Pope said this one is big. It's always important. You don't want to get swept by a team in the regular season uh, and a special team that you might could face in the playoffs. Uh, so uh, for us, uh, tomorrow, you know, we just got to come in and be aggressive uh, and play our basketball, you know, uh, just get out and transition when we can. We got to rebound the ball, like I said earlier, and we got to be able to stop them in transition. This one feels like a lock. It does. And remember the last time they played Sacramento, they were up like double digits yeah. the majority of the game. They dominated the game. And then they like turned it off going I think it was going into the all star break. It they was. just kinda turned it off. It was. And Sacramento made a big push and, and you know, and um then they scored yeah, they, they they knocked down a bunch of threes and they I mean they Easy transition buckets and all that kind of stuff. So it felt like it felt like the Nuggets dominated them and just said, "Okay, now we're going to the All Star break." And they gave up a late lead. They were up by twelve at the half. Yeah, in that game, and then came out in the in the second half and uh, 
forgot the fact that there was still a, another half to play. Right. They had, uh, they had already gone on parade. Yes. They had already gone on parade. That'll do it for the uh, Morning Brew. Bring that to you each and every morning at uh, 6.30. Yeah, up next, Sean Payton. Tell you what, Sean, I like it. But after what I heard Sean Payton say, I am absolutely going to hold him to it. That's next. You're listening to Schlereth and Evans on Denver's Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. All right, Ramoslaw.com text line is open to you, 303-713-1043. Lot to react to. Nuggets getting ready to take on the Kings tonight. 0 for 3 against the uh, against Crown so far this year. We, we owe them one. And then the uh, Avs get the win last night as we are, what, one week? Just about one week, March 8th? A little over a week away from the uh, trade deadline. So, thoughts on that? What you'd like to see them do? And Sean Payton and George Payton both talking at the Combine yesterday. And and Sean, okay, I'm going to play this, and then I'll be curious to see how people react. This is, uh, this is classic uh, Sean. Bravado, cocky, little arrogance, a little smug. You know some of the some of the qualities that some yes. people out there don't like, but here you go. When asked about finding the right quarterback, sometimes it's not as difficult as we make it out to be, and then sometimes, listen, it, it's very difficult. And so, um, I think I think we'll be really good at this, um, and I think to some degree we're glad that a lot of people aren't. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. We're better. You just went Globo Gym. Yeah, we're better than you, and we know it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Which, I'll, I'll take you at your word. Yeah. Which, we're better than you, and we so, know it. <laughs> uh, parse it out. What does it mean? What does it mean? Because I have I have an idea of what he's saying. Well, I, I, I look at it as I, I've always felt that the so many people, coaches, evaluators, GMs, get it wrong because they, they don't have any kind of experience because they're rare. These great quarterbacks, they're rare. Very few of them have the, the kind of firsthand experience to have seen it, lived it, experienced it. And those that have, I believe, are at a, a an advantage over just about everybody else because they, they come from a foundation of what to look for, a baseline of what to look for. Like when Andy Reid and the Chiefs are moving all the way up to get Patrick Mahomes, why? It's because Andy Reid was around Brett Favre. He saw it. He witnessed it. And he saw those same characteristics and traits in Patrick Mahomes, and it made it easier for him. And so with, with Sean, I think his experience with Drew Brees is, is such that it gives him a real good sense of what works and what doesn't work when it comes to quarterbacks, and thus gives him a chance to sort of narrow narrow down and focus in on what he what he's looking for. That's my theory. Yours? Okay. No, I like that. I think there's I think there's pieces of truth in that, and like I I do think that's I do think that's legit. I do think a lot of this comes down to a lot of this comes down to um, being enamored. By people in underpants. Like you're enamored by the numbers. You're enamored by the potential. You're enamored by the athletic skill. You're enamored by all that stuff. And a lot of it has to do with, I don't want to be held accountable. 
it's a pass the buck mentality that, well, you checked all the boxes. Look at his 40 time. Look at his ability to jump over boxes. Look at his, you know, vertical jump. Look at his shuttle test. Look at his broad jump. I mean, of course he's going to be a great player. Mm, no. It almost gives you an excuse to not do your work. And you don't think that Sean pays any attention to that stuff? I think there's a parameter in which he would like his guys to be able to run. You know, there's a certain speed, height, weight that he'd like his guys to have, but he's not enslaved to the numbers. So the problem, the problem in my estimation with the first round is and why there's that why there's far more failures in the first round than there are in other round the other subsequent rounds. Why? Because you get so enamored with the athletic the athletic skill set that you put less weight on the film. So I'll t- I'll take you down I'll take you down my own experience. What got me drafted? What got me on the radar was my athleticism. That's what got me on the radar. I ran real fast, I jumped real high and I benched a lot. Boom. I'm on the radar. You know what that did for me as a late round pick? That encouraged them to go watch my film. And when they went to watch my film, they were like, oh, shoot, this kid can really play. The difference is in the first round, you you basically get away from what, what truly matters. You tend to stop looking at the film and get enamored by the numbers. And then, you know, I mean, Paxton Lynch... He, oh, man, all we heard from him, what a hose. Dude can really throw it, right? He can really launch it. Athleticism. can scramble around. You got you got enamored by numbers, and you got away the high, height, weight, speed triangle. That's what they call it. You get enamored by it, and you quit looking at the film. Right, because of the importance of the position and because of the uh – demands or clamoring of, of fans and media to go out and, and pick one of these guys. I thought Brandon Bean, who's the GM of the Bills, he peeled back the curtain yesterday. He was completely honest. And I, I think he spoke volumes about how a lot of these quarterbacks get picked in the first round. He said when, when asked about trading up for Josh Allen, he said, quote, if he doesn't work out, I'm not going to be here anyway. And if he does work out, nobody's going to give a bleep about what we gave up. Right. And it's funny because if you talk to, to GMs who aren't in the in the business anymore, they'll say a lot of times when it comes to these these quarterbacks, we know we need one. We know the fans want one. And so we just kind of roll the dice and pick one, not based out of any real evaluation, not based on hardcore scouting. It's based on the idea that, well, we got to get one, and if I don't get one, I'm going to be out of here. And if I do pick one and he doesn't work out, I'm going to be out of here. So what do I got to lose? Yeah. And and it's that, and that's the part of it that that really bugs me because, and I wish more fans would would pay attention to this angle that a, a lot of these quarterbacks are, are being picked by general managers who are just doing it for job security. 
That's all they're doing it for. They're not doing it based out of just hours and hours and exhaustive study and evaluation. No, they're doing it because they figure, hey, if I draft one, I instantly get some time because I can play the whole, well, you know, he's young, he needs time to develop. And if he works out great, if he doesn't work out, I'm going to be gone anyway. Right. So I might as well pick one. You know, text- that's dumb. You know who I was texting with yesterday? He said he wanted to come on. Who's that? Former general manager of the Arizona Cardinals, Steve Kime, who went back-to-back quarterbacks, first overall pick. Or, or first overall pick in Kyler Murray, but like the ninth or tenth pick with Josh Rosen. Yep, back-to-back. And Josh Rosen was that, hey, can't miss proposition, most uh, most NFL-ready quarterback who's just complete failure. And the jury's still out on Kyler Murray. And I was just talking about evaluating quarterbacks out of the draft. I go, dude, it's like beyond arm talent and athleticism, it's really hard. So, yeah, I'll, I'll get him on. I'll but get I'm, him on tomorrow or the next day. Sure. Whatever. I'm, but I'm glad that, hey, Sean, awesome. You know, I I, already, I was willing to give you a bit of a, a a mulligan for year one because, let's face it, you've Clearly got you didn't want him. eight or eight or nine years of, of Drek that landed in your lap. I'm, I'm not going to banish you after just one year. But, yeah, definitely the expectations go up in year two. And if you're going to come out and say, I think we're better than at this, evaluating quarterbacks, that most people are, I'm going to hold you to that. Mm-hmm. And I think we all should. Okay. That's what you're here for. You are here to find the Broncos quarterback of the future. Not, not, nothing else matters. You do that, then your tenure as head coach of the Broncos, no matter how long it lasts, will be an overwhelming success. Don't. Then you're going to be just a, a another another coach on the, the carousel wheel. Yeah, I think one other thing, real quick, that I picked up from that, from Sean, that that sound, is Sean saying there's a bunch of guys going to be chasing, there's a bunch of teams that are going to chase the wrong guy. Ooh. I'd like to know who you think that guy may be. I think you have a... I think, you have a, I think you have a name in mind. Speaking of which, uh, we'll give you uh, the update on what the Broncos are going to be doing today in terms of quarterbacks that they're going to be visiting with and who they talked with last night. That's coming up in four-down territory next.